Well, is everybody good? Yeah. I've been told to stop saying that. But I'm saying it for me, so if you ever wonder why I'm saying it, it's really for me, not for y'all. But just in case you're not good, you don't have to tell me. But you may, you can tell your neighbor. Amen? Well, I'm going to talk to you about revival today. And, uh, yeah, amen. And actually, I'm, I'm going to do the, the first part today and the second part next week. And then Matthew was telling me the Lord spoke to him about revival also. So then he's going to do the third part after that. Because so, I, so I believe God really has revival on his heart. Amen. And I know that can bring up a lot of thoughts in your mind. But, you know, we, I'm having, I really believe in revival. really believe that God wants to bring revival. Uh, our nation needs revival. Amen. Uh, one of the scriptures that I believe is really important for us is Luke 5:38. It says, "New wine must be put into new wine skin, and both are preserved. New wine must be put into new wine skin, so both can be preserved, because God doesn't want to destroy people. Number one, and He doesn't want us to destroy uh, the church." or ministries, anything that has to do with the kingdom, God's not interested in destroying it. So what He always does is He, he wants to create a new bottle, so to speak. Uh, and we're the bottle. The church is the bottle. Well, you know, ministries are bottles. And He wants to recreate us and give us a renewal so we can contain what He wants to bring uh, in the future. I know, you know, I think somebody was saying, uh, Cindy was saying, 2012, there's a lot of like, the world's going to come to an end and... Somewhat's kind of hilarious, but just in case the world did come to an end, we have nothing but gain, right? (laughs) You know? Uh, But I don't, what I see, I see good. I see positive. And I think that's really where where God wants us to see. He wants us to see what He's seeing and hear what He's hearing. Uh, One of the problems for me has been, uh, y'all remember Star Wars movies? and they said there was a disturbance in the force. Remember that? Well, there's a disturbance. Really, it's more like a disruption in the spiritual world right now. I don't know about you. Have anybody picked that up? There's a disturbance that come or a disruption that's come. And, and I believe revivals by their very nature are disruptive. God is going to just He wants to disrupt everything. He, he wants to disrupt the church. He really does. He want, and he, but you know what? Everybody, well, not everybody, but people like, a lot of people like us, maybe not everybody in the room, I'm not sure, we love for God to disrupt the church. Yeah? But how many like God to disrupt their personal lives? Not everybody really wants the God to disrupt their personal lives. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I love to come to church on Sundays. That's an awesome time. And then you go home and then live your life. What if God says, hey, I need you three or four nights a week? In this revival I'm going to bring, that's a disruption, right? Like, a, I don't have three or, four, three or four nights a week to give you, Lord. You know? But, see, that's what disruption is. You hear what I'm saying to you? God, God has maybe disrupted a lot of things in, in our country uh, because he was going to bring revival. And uh, this is, I, will, I don't want to talk too much about the revival right now. Um, just in, other than the fact that I really believe that God's going to bring revival. I feel, you know, I feel a fresh, a fresh breeze coming. I feel like it's already starting to come. But uh, one of the things, you know, that I've seen is, is 
the way I can best describe it is it's like a whiteboard or a blackboard if you're an older person. I don't think they still use blackboards anymore, but if you're still using a blackboard, buy a whiteboard. That's what they're doing today. Well, there you go. I'm already behind. Well, I'll tell you what. Just get that and forget any kind of board. They're all boring. What I saw was, I saw the whiteboard. I guess I am kind of old school a little bit here. But I saw this eraser come, and the Lord erased everything off the board. And I'm talking about erasing good stuff. I'm talking about revelation. I'm talking about stuff that was on there. And it's like, what are you doing, Lord? Wait a minute, why is this blank? Why has it suddenly become blank? You know, God's given us a lot of awesome revelation. Amen? I think He has. I mean, we're in a revelation flood right now. And uh, But it's like the Lord is like, you know, nah, nah, nah. Lord, I don't really have anything to share. Yes, you do. Okay, I could do this. Nah. How about nah? How about nah? What am I supposed to do? I don't have anything to say then. You just eliminated all my revelation, Lord. Yeah. But that's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. It's because God really wants to write something else up there on that board. Now, one of the things, one of the, a scripture we've quoted many times is First Chronicles 12:32. It says, "Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, to have understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do." So that's really what God's trying to release right now for us is to understand the times we live and understand what we're supposed to be doing, because what we're doing right now is really important. And how you uh, conduct your life right now, it always is really important, but it's really important right now. A lot of people, you know, we suffer in many times where we have a, a expectation, a dream, a vision of a promise from God or, a, a, you know, a ministry from God or a revival, even if you're into that. And it doesn't happen, okay? Because, and then, so you have this letdown in you. Uh, and a lot of people have this... This, this dream helps motivate them, but, once, but when they see it's not happening, something happens to their heart. A, their heart starts shutting down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, your heart starts shutting down. Well, see, that's, that's the wrong way to go. Okay, because so that's, that's a little bit what I want to talk about is to help us in this moment to deal with ourselves, to be able to get to that place. Because how you act now, what, how you behave, and how you order your life now is really key. I mean, it really is. I can't say it enough. It's, you know, Steve mentioned relationship. Relationships are absolutely critical right now. Your relationship with the Lord is more critical right this moment than it's ever been in your life, and your relationship with other people is more critical because those things could derail you in a major way. And God really doesn't want us to be derailed. He is he's honestly, you know, really wanting to, to cry out to us. So have you ever had this word... Like, today is a new day in your life. Has anybody ever got that? You're in a new day. Anybody ever got that? And it's such an awesome thing when you get that. But the reality of it is not so awesome because it usually is exactly opposite. Right? It's just like, gosh, what kind of new day is this? I mean, I thought this was supposed to be a good day. I mean, this is a terrible day. And this is one of the things that I've learned that that throws you is in the Bible, 
in the Hebrew way of thinking, them poor Hebrews, they knew some stuff, is a day, for the Hebrew, a day begins at sundown. It doesn't begin, we think day begins, oh, it's this time to get up now. It's, you know, the sun is rising, it's time to get up. Start our day. But that is not the way God looks at a day. So when the Lord speaks to a promise over your life, or speaks about revival or something coming, it's, the sun is setting, and you're going to enter into some darkness in your life. And because that's the new day. The new day has started. You are in the process. And see, that's where many of us, you know, falter and fail is because it's dark instead of light. And we don't make it to the day, the day dawns, you know. We don't make it there. Do you all understand what I'm saying? So one of the, you know, classic examples in the Bible is Elijah in the Old Testament showed up on the scene and there was just going to be this, you know, we know the outcome. He brought fire down from heaven. Remember that? I mean, that was a move of God that was unprecedented in the earth. But guess what happened before that move of God happened? Elijah was sent into the wilderness and lived next to a brook with, you know, being fed by birds, by ravens. They were bringing him food. This is the promise. The fire's coming down. Go out there because there's going to be a drought and you can drink water out of this brook and birds will feed you. They'll come and drop meat in your lap. And so he was there for a time and then that brook dried up. And the Lord said, well, go to this widow. Now, I was having this thought about this widow. I'm putting my... Here's this widow. She's going to die. She has a little bit of food left so, because there's such a terrible drought in the nation. And so she's out fixing some, getting some firewood to start a fire, build her little cake, pour a little bit of oil, last bit of oil and flour, and make the cake for her and her son to eat. And then they're going to die. And then this dude that has been camping for a long time and eating bird meat dropping out of the sky, shows up and says, if you'll give me that, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not giving you my last bit of food for me and my baby. I think not, bud. I mean, that's what was the first thought that came to my mind. You're kidding me. I mean, you know, he looked like a mutt. Yet she did. And she took, and of course the Lord gave her, oh, I mean, just gave her a non-failing supply. You know, a non-failing supply. See, that's where, you see, but many of us never make it from the brook. We have a time, and then we fail. We never come to that, never. And then, of course, eventually, the fire did fall from heaven. He called it down, and it was a move of God, and the whole nation turned to the Lord. You know, and that's really where we're we're somewhere in this process of God wanting to do something in a magnificent way. But we're not always doing really good. Let me read uh, Luke 180. Are y'all okay this morning? Matthew is. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. It says, The child grew. This is talking about John the Man. The child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts to the day of his manifestations to Israel. He grew and became strong in spirit in the deserts, in the darkness in the times where there was really nothing happening. Now, I must, that's the question we need to ask ourselves. What's, what are you doing today? What's happening with you today in a, in, a, in a spiritual way? Are you growing? Are you becoming strong in spirit? Or are you diminishing spiritually? That's, that's really what we, where we have to face ourselves because we're in a time where we should be, we should be in this situation. We should be growing and 
and growing strong in spirit. Now, with Jesus, it was the same thing. If you read about Jesus, it was the first thing it said about Jesus is he grew, he grew strong in spirit. This is when he was still a child. And he also said he become, grew in grace and wisdom. That's, that's another subject for another day. But see, God's calling us in this time. This is what he's calling us to become, strong in spirit. Okay, strong in spirit. This is a time of darkness in the earth. It's a time of darkness in our life because we're in a new time and it's begun. But are we growing strong in spirit or are we be growing strong in other areas of our life? So, let me read Psalm 16, 7 through 8. This is revival, man. Are y'all excited? All right, so um, I heard, read this. Well, I'm not going to tell you that. I'll tell you that another time. All right, Psalm 16. <laughs> this is very powerful. Now, let me tell you. This is what really God wants to do for us right now, okay? Because we're in, we're in the night. This is, this is understanding the times and knowing what to do, okay? And if you'll do this, I can, I can promise you something's going to change in your life. Now, this is what David said, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. So there's counsel from the Lord right now. There's counsel being released in the, in the spiritual realm right now to people who have ears to hear, who will take the time to hear. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. My heart instructs me in the night seasons. Let me go ahead and read verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. In other words, verse 8 happened because of verse 7. David was able to see into the spiritual world. David was able to connect with God. David was able to know what God was doing and be and know that God was right there with him. And that's why he went on to say, if you read the rest of the psalm, I would go and read it in Acts where we usually read it at. It's therefore my tongue rejoiced. You know? There was a worship that rose in my, and my flesh lives in hope because he saw the Lord. And he knew the Lord was right there with him. But here's one of his keys was the night seasons. It's because in the night seasons, this is what I learned. God wants to restore people's night season to them. Because that is one of the primary times that God wants to speak to people is during the night season. We can say at night, when you get in bed, just if you begin to do this, if you, you see God, a lot of people, the enemy's taking their night away from them. For years, I, the enemy had complete control of my nights. In other words, I'd wake up every morning or I would get in bed and my mind would just go into the dirt. It would just be full of thoughts that shouldn't be in there. Okay? So I began to practice this thing where I began to say, I believe as a son that the Lord wants to restore my nights to me because He wants to instruct me at night. He wants to teach me at night. He wants to visit me at night. And so I began to ask the Lord when I get into bed, Lord, I just give you this night. And I ask you to come and instruct me in, in my sleep. Okay? And so I begin to have these, these dreams. I begin to have these visions. I begin to have, get revelation from the Lord as I lay in my bed. I begin to wake up at, in the mornings. And instead of waking up in the morning and fighting negative thoughts, or, or even worse than negative, you know, there's negative thoughts and then there's other thoughts, I didn't have those thoughts. In fact, I got where I got into the practice. When I wake up in the morning, I wouldn't get up at immediately. I would get still before the Lord before I got up and started moving around and doing my day. Just get wait a few minutes, two or three minutes, or however long you got. I'll just make sure I woke up. If I had to 
you know, be somewhere at a certain time. Like if you got to be at work, you got to get up a certain time. I would make sure I have just two or three minutes, five minutes even, whatever, just to be before the Lord and be still before the Lord before I got out of the bed and let God begin to speak to me. And He began to speak to me during that time. This is no kid. I've, I've been in bed at night, and I've been in my spirit. I've went to other places in my spirit. And all night, God would be speaking to me. You know, Right? I mean, you can be somewhere else. Paul said that, right? You know, I'm not with you in body, but I'm with you in spirit. In other words, you spiritually, you can go to other places and receive impartation from those places. You can do that, trust me. God will take you spiritually into another place, another, like another country or another wherever, and where there's something that God has for you there, and you can receive it and never leave your bed physically. But wake up with that in your heart like, all night where God is counseling you and talking to you all night. And so I began to have those things, that experience. Let me read this one little Job uh, 33, verse 14 through 15. Okay. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. See, that's what's going on. We tell people all the time, God is speaking to you more than you know. God is trying to, He's revealing stuff more than that, but you're not perceiving it. Okay? So it just says it right there. Yet men are in a dream, and here's some of the ways he speaks, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while they slumber on their beds. You see, God designed the nighttime. He designed the time when we sleep, like one, every night when we go to bed, when we, He designed that time for a time for Him to come to us and begin to reveal things to us, to minister to us, and show us and counsel us. Give us wisdom. But many Christians, their nights are hijacked. Many people suffer from insomnia, which Matthew had that word already this morning before I even said a word. Uh, many Christians suffer from bad dreams or just bad thoughts or worry or anxiety. See, all that's the devil. That's the devil has taken your night. He's hijacked your night. And instead of having a time where God is doing things in your night and you're getting revelation, you're getting wisdom from God, the devil's feeding your life, feeding stuff in your life and keeping you frazzled. Uh, you know, we want to set our minds on things above. We want to really pursue God and go after God. Yet many people have real busy jobs, right? You have a busy life. You have, some people have very intense jobs, you know, where you don't have the time to literally sit around and think about those things. And God understood that. That's why He created nighttime for us. Okay? He created nighttime for all those real busy people. Like, I don't really have time to get this from you, Lord. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have... And, and the Lord created nighttime when you go in bed. And while you even sleep, you see, that's just such a grace of God. While you even sleep, you don't even have to work at it. You just go to bed and say, you know, the night belongs to you, Lord. I give you my, night, my nighttime. And I allow you to come. One of the things that I had to deal with was images. Anybody ever had to deal with bad images in their mind? Besides me, you know, I mean, bad. I mean, because we've all lived a life and we've seen things, we've heard things we shouldn't have seen and heard. So I had to deal with all these images that would come into my mind, especially when I put my head on the pillow, suddenly it was like somebody turned a movie screen on or turned a television program on, but it was a really bad television program, one that I created by the stuff I looked through in my life or words I'd heard, thoughts. Or you could even, somebody could be mean to you and get in bed, and that's what you start hearing and start thinking about. Well, I had to begin to deal with those, those things. Okay? And so this is what I figured out. How, this is what you do. I figured out what you could do with those images is you paint them. You paint over them. Okay? You get a bucket of paint and you paint over them. 
And God has given all of us a bucket of paint. And the bucket is, is blood red paint because it's the blood of Christ. Okay, and you, you take and you paint over that when those images come. Now, here's what I had to learn. When I begin to deal with those images, okay, is a bunch of images started coming. In other words, I had an image. I thought, i got to deal with that. I can't have that. I'm going to paint that with the blood. Then another one, and these even the images that came into my mind that I didn't even know I had. You know what I'm saying? Are y'all following this? And so what, because, and then I, cause, and I tried to suppress all that. Suppressing doesn't work. Because God wants to bring them up to you so you can see them and you can deal with them. You hear what I'm saying to you? He wants you to bring it. Let them images come and one by one you deal with one by one. You take and put the blood on each one of them. And then over a period of time, those images will be gone. And your, your imagination, your mind will be sanctified. And the reason I'm saying this is because at night was the primary time that I would be afflicted with those images. Are y'all following this? And so that allowed, that got the negative stuff out of me so God could get, begin to release the positive things in me and begin to speak to me and give me counsel. Around. That's why I have lots of dreams now. I mean, dreams that are encounter-level dreams with the Lord. I mean, you know, I feel weird about it sometimes. Like, most of my revelation comes out of dreams. It's something God showed me in a dream. It's all in the Bible. But that just makes it, I mean, you know, that's what you call the easy anointing. It's not like you're sitting around trying to study to get anything. You're just receiving it. And when your conscious mind is at rest when you're sleeping, and you've you got your conscious mind, you've got your unconscious mind, and you've got your subconscious, unconscious thoughts, conscious thoughts, and then you have your subconscious. Your conscious thoughts and your unconscious thoughts are more at rest at night. And God can get down into your subconscious down in the deep part of you and begin to speak to you and impart stuff into you that will manifest in your life. And you'll begin to get stuff from God and you'll begin to be like a son, a son of Issachar instead of waking up in the morning frazzled from worry all night, nothing accomplished, or, or just ate up because you lusted all night, you know, that you wake up, there's a, renewed, a renewal, there's a refreshment in you. And see, that's what God really wants to begin to do with people to help them. Because I've really perplexed everything. Is how can a man or a woman who is just like a mother who's consumed with children, how is she going to be able to really connect spiritually? And God has made a way for her every night to do that. That's good news. That's real good news. So I believe these are, these are really key for us right now and really... You see the, 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 the picture I'm trying to draw? A new day begins at night. Spiritually, we're in a night season before God moves. So that's really what, what God's trying to do. He's trying to prepare us. He's trying to release stuff to us. On a, on a very personal and practical daily level, we have our own little night seasons every day. And every day, God wants to, to work in us as we sleep. The key is, is giving it to Him and believing that God wants to restore your nights to you because you're a son or a daughter that you deserve to have that. He's given it that as a gift, and you have trespassers in those, in those times that will come. And you have to deal with the trespassers. That's, that's when the enemy sends things. Yeah, amen. Isn't that good? I mean, it's awesome. It can really help you. I promise you, this will help you. It'll help you get into a vein of revelation with the Lord where you feel like God is... Like last night, all night, I was in another place with the Lord. And he was talking to me the whole night. 
I would wake up and I would hear stuff that was going on in this other place that God was trying to show me. It was, a, it was an awesome night. Now, that doesn't happen every night. Some nights I'm just in a deep dream. I'm in a dream and God comes and visits me in a dream and speaks to me. Or like I said, some mornings when, and during that time of being still, God will begin to speak to me about my day. Well, this is what I wanted to share now. This has happened to me. I got these, I got these two things recently, like Saturday morning. That was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, God just really likes to disrupt things and mess everything up, doesn't he? He especially likes to mess preachers up. I'm convinced of that. Especially, oh, yeah, Lord, that doesn't make no, that doesn't fit in, Lord. You know, that just really doesn't work. <laughs> but this is two things the Lord showed me for this church, okay, that I got Saturday morning. All righty? So I'm just switching into practical. I got that Saturday morning. I woke up, and I was waiting on the Lord, and I went into what I, the in-between state. You know what the in-between state is? You are awake. You're not awake, but you're not asleep. And I caught a couple of things. I thought, oh, that's the Lord. I know that. And then, he get, and then I woke up, and I was thought about it for a minute. Then I went back into the in-between state, and I got something else. And I knew it was for our church. Okay, so let's look at Song of Solomon 2.15. It says this, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Now, so you understand the picture. In the natural, a fox goes into gardens, and before these gardens can grow their fruit, they'll, it'll eat the fruit, it'll eat the plants, it'll eat the blossoms, and there'll be no fruit. Well, what I saw, I saw on my mantle over my fireplace in my house, there was a fox on my mantle, and it was eating at my mantle. Okay? It was eating at my mantle. Now, I yelled at the fox, Get out of here! What are you doing in my house? Get off my mantle! Well, see, God really doesn't really care about my mantle piece at home, but He does care about my spiritual mantle. You see, that's how you have to learn how God talks. He don't talk always the way we... He has a little different language. I, I want to remind the leaders in this church of our leadership, men's leaders retreat, whatever it was. We went up to Apple Hill anyway. Some guys did. <laughs> our annual leadership trip. And one of the things that we saw the Lord really doing, it was really a major thing that we did up there, is we saw mantles, spiritual mantles that were available. These mantles were mantles that people who had once walked the earth on carried. Okay, and those people had went on to be with the Lord, and they left their mantle because you don't need a mantle in heaven. You got something a lot better than they left their mantle. You know, like Elijah got Elijah's mantle after Elijah went on to heaven. You know how Bob Jones got his mantle? Bob Jones got his mantle when he was a young person, and he uh, this angel came and scared him so bad he thought the world was coming to the end. And but the angel left a mantle behind. And the mantle he got came from some guy in Africa that he had never laid eyes on. But the angel brought it to him and left it there for him. And he, that's how he got that prophetic mantle that he carries. And so in that, at that retreat, these mantles were being made available. And if some of you remember, we came back that Sunday and we offered them to other people in the church that these mantles are available. Well, here's what happened. Here's what hap is happening to a lot of people. These little foxes are eating away at your mantle. 
they're eating away at your authority. They're eating away at your calling. And they're just eating away at it. And God is saying you've got to get in their little things. Okay? Like, that, like their little distractions. That, you're, that you've gotten distracted by something. Or you got your mind on something else. Okay? And suddenly, you know, and this little fox is there just eating it away. And there's not going to be fruit in your life over it. So what, one thing we've got to do is we've got to deal with the little foxes in our life. And you, and you ask the Holy Spirit right now, I guarantee you, He will tell you exactly what the little foxes are in your life. You'll know. He'll tell you because He's very clear. I know what I know what it meant for me. But let me tell you, the one mistake I made is I didn't kill that fox. I just shoot it off. You need to kill the fox. You need to shoot the fox. Just get a gun out of the, out of the spirit world. There's guns in the spirit world. I've seen them. I've told you about the one gun I saw that I got that I shot this person, that looked, this girl that looked like me. Y'all, I know that sounds crazy, but that was a bad day. Well, here's what it was. I'll just remind you of this. I saw this bride, this beautiful-looking wedding dress. She looked wonderful until I looked at her face, and it was my face. And now that bride recommended it, uh, uh, represented this church. And what the Lord was saying is, you created this church in your image. Now, here's a gun, and I saw this beautiful revolver. And he handed me the gun. He said, take the gun and kill that bride. I'm thinking, okay. I mean, I'm having this experience with the Lord, so you're going to, like, get in some argument with God. I then quit all that. It's like, okay, I'm going to kill her. And I pulled that, I took that gun and aimed it, and I saw it blow a hole in me. <laughs> I saw it, because I saw right through the hole. I thought it saw light on the other side. Boom. You know? So there's guns in the heavenly realm. They're spiritual guns meant to shoot things and kill things that don't belong in your life. You know, and we can kill those foxes. And you need to kill those foxes this morning. You need to shoot them dead. I don't care what it is. Shoot it dead. If it's a relationship that you shouldn't be in, shoot it dead. If it's an attitude you have, shoot it dead. If it's a ministry you have, shoot, if it's a church. I shot the church here and killed this church but God resurrected it. See, God will resurrect whatever He wants you to have. But if it's a distraction, it's something that's just eating away at you and destroying the fruit that God meant for you to have, shoot it. Get rid of it, because that's what He's saying. You got that? All right, the next thing is this. Let me read Psalm 27. Don't you love the Lord, though, that He shows you stuff like that? I mean, to me, that makes Lord thank you. You're so good because I'm so stupid. I would not know that kind of stuff. I would have no way of knowing that without him really telling me. And all it took was a couple of minutes for him to tell me. I mean, it's just, I'm just amazed that God does that. And he can do that for any person in this room. Give your nights back to him. Say, Lord, the nights, you, the night you on my nights. I deserve to have a good night because you meant for me to have a good night. You meant for me to sleep well. You meant me to dream the dreams of God. You meant for me to be counseled in my nights. You meant for that's the way you designed me to live. And Lord, during this time in America, when we're in a, a season of night in America, minister to me. Build me up. Let my spirit grow strong. You know, and if i got things I need to take care of, show me. And I'm going to take care of them. If i got relational fa failure. You know, if I got situations, if I got sin, whatever it is, I'm going to deal with that, Lord. You know, I'm going to respond. Thank you, Lord. Well, I feel sorry for Earl McClarity because he pulls for Clemson. <laughs> sorry, Earl. <laughs> they got beat 70-something to 40 in a football game. 
sounds terrible. Anyways, thank you, Lord. I just kept, when I saw that score, I thought, man, I mean, Kevin and Earl, I feel bad for them, man. I mean, those are Clemson boys, and they, their team got beat, I mean, he, I mean, badly beat. I mean, it's one thing if it's a basketball game, 70, but a football game? That is just not right. <laughs> in fact, I thought that ain't right they did that to them. They should have had mercy on them, you know, and put their third stringers in. And they may have. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Right, Earl? <laughs> Anyways, Lord bless Earl. <laughs> uh, anyway, Psalm 27, 4, this is the other thing the Lord showed me. One thing I have desired of the Lord. Now, we all love that, right? One thing. The, the one thing. We want the presence of the Lord. That's, and we've shared that over and over. That's the vision for this church more than anything else is the presence of the Lord. That's one of the reasons we love revival because revival is one of the ways that God manifests His, you know, His presence. It's not the only, but it is a way. That's the thing I'm going to seek after, the presence of the Lord. That's number one, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. And that, that's just a, and to inquire in His temple. It, that's just an awesome verse in the Bible. Don't you love that verse? Doesn't it just, it just, just speak to your heart and just draws you into it? That's why David put it in there. It's for every Christian to read it and just feel this drawing. Like, yes, I guarantee you everybody would say, that's what I want for my life. It really is. That's what I was created for more than anything else. Because out of that flows everything else. But, but verse 4 happened, and then something happened in verse 5. For in time of trouble. See, five, verse 5 don't happen because of, unless you have verse 4 working. See, that's the, really one of the keys we had to see is David set us up. I have this desire. This is what's going to happen. And because of, and when tr- and times of trouble comes... He shall hide me in his pavilion. Isn't that a powerful thing? He's going to hide me in his pavilion. Does everybody know what a pavilion is? Anybody not know what a pavilion is? Well, they had them at Myrtle Beach. <laughs> they really did. They had pavilions. But biblically, a pavilion was where the king lived. Okay? It was his place. It was his where he was at. The Lord is going to hide me where he lives in times of trouble. See, that's what we all need right now. We need to be hidden where the Lord is, and, and they call it a pavilion in the Bible, okay? In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. Does, I mean, doesn't that, is that where you want to go? I mean, right now, don't you wish you could just jump into that place? That's the way it makes it. He shall set me high upon a rock. Well, this is what I saw. The second thing I saw, I saw a pavilion, and it had an upstairs to it. And it was a big pavilion. It was a huge pavilion. And, I, and it had a porch all the way around the outside on the second floor. And I was standing on the porch. And I was looking around. And I saw some stairs that would take you right up to the second floor. Well, you know what that means. That's the heavenly places. That's the spiritual realm. But somebody had taken a beam and laid it across the opening where people couldn't come into the heavenly places. Okay? And I believe that I believe what that means is I think that's people's thoughts, and I think that's people's theologies. Is that you and I can? Because I asked the question, "What is it dangerous or something up here?" And they said, "Yes, it's dangerous." That's what they said to me. Yes, this is a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place to go. Okay, it's a dangerous place to go. When a person begins to really say, "That's where I want to live. I want to be up there," there's a certain amount of danger that's going to happen. It's a good danger. 
but it will sort of mess the rest of your life up, I think, <laughs> in a good way, if you really want to be messed up in a good way. But I believe there's people in this room that you, I think, I, here's one thing I think. I think people have not settled in their heart that they, can't, that they can live there, that they can be up there. They've not, it, it's for other people. Other people can be there. Other people can be in the pavilion. Other people can be in the heavenly places. But you've not settled it for yourself. You've got to settle it for yourself that you can be there. In fact, that's where you want to be. and That's where you need to be right now more than any other place. So you have to really make a decision, and it goes back to the sleep thing. You've got to make a decision in your life. And if you can't do it during the day at work, do it on the bed at night. Make a decision. I'm going into the heavenly places at night. The heavenly places are going to come into me at night. See, God has made it for you. He's created a way for everybody in this room to overcome that beam, to really jump through there and get up there and be with Him. He's made a way for us. And I think what He's trying to tell us, tell me, tell us, you can do this. I've made a way for you. You don't have to do anything special. You, you know, I've made the place for you. It's a matter of just allowing it and allowing me to come and believing that's what I have for you. And if you'll do that, things will begin to start happening in your life. And I'm trying to convince you this to be the truth, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't have to convince you because it is the truth. It's the truth. And this is how God has called us to live in these times we're in. Because I'll tell you something. The day's going to come where there will be a move of God. And it'll be a very powerful move of God. More than anything we've ever seen on this earth. I'm totally 100% convinced of it. But how we act and what we do now determines how what's going to happen to us in that day. Of course, we're all going to be swept into that move of God. We all will be, no question. I believe that because God's such a graceful God. But God has places. He's got things He wants people to do in this move that He wants to offer people whose hearts have been prepared. I, I will tell you this one thing, okay, that, you know, Rick Joyner wrote these books in the, in the 80s called The Vision for the Harvest. Y'all, anybody ever read any of those books? Those are really powerful books. But one of the things he saw... This is what he saw. He said, I saw small churches growing like mad, like mad. Okay? When this harvest, when this tsunami of the Spirit came is what he called it. And large churches weren't growing. And he said, and this is the reason. is because small churches, the hearts of the people were prepared. Instead of having a program prepared that people's hearts were prepared for what God was doing or going to do. And when the time came, they were ready. They were, they were on the spot. You see what I'm saying? It's a heart thing that God wants to do in us right now. I'm convinced we're in a new day. We're just in the beginning. It's at the dark time. In fact, we, it may have started. I don't know when it started. We may be in the real dark parts of that day. I had this one other thing I want. You know, this is powerful. You know, one of my uh, issues about the night thing for a long time was the prayer thing. I personally like, Lord, please don't wake me up in the middle of the night to pray. I really don't want to pray in the middle of the night. You know, I just don't want to. I want to sleep. And if that's all you've got to do, do, do it with somebody else. I mean, literally, I said, please don't wake me up and pray, Lord. Please. Because, you know, that's just what my deal. But if you want to wake me up with a revelation or a dream, I mean, I'm all for that. <laughs> you know? Well, you know the Lord. He does what He wants to do. <laughs> yeah. He did wake me up. 
one day last week. I think it was Friday. I don't remember when it was. No, it was Thursday. Wednesday. It was one day. He woke me up at 4 o'clock, somewhere between 4 and 4.30. And I just, it was like he popped, just popped wide open. It's was like, uh, what is it, Lord? What do you want? What do you want me to do? And he said, pray for this person. Okay? So I prayed for that person. Now, this is the truth. And, you know, within a minute or two, I was done praying. I mean, not like I was just doing some laborious prayer. I mean, I just pray, Lord, that person needs help to do something for that man. You know, he really needs you to help him really bad. And I pray you to intervene in his life, intervene in his marriage, intervene on his job, intervene in every part of his life, Lord. And, All right, Lord, I'm done praying now. I want to go back to sleep, you know. So I was just laying there, and I wasn't going back to sleep. So I laid there for a pretty good while. And so I get up. It was around 5 or so after laying there for a while with a blank mind. And I go down, and I thought, oh, I think I'll just read some emails, you know, just to sort of occupy myself. Because I had every intent of, you know, going back to bed and sleeping some before it was time to get up. And so I opened my email. The first email is, guess who it was from? That guy. This is what it is, Byron. I'm in a mess in my life. I'm destroying everything in my life. I'm destroying my marriage. I'm destroying my job. I desperately need help. Will you please help me? Now, you tell me that wasn't the Lord. Now, that really encouraged me on a lot of levels. Number one, it encouraged me. Well, it was worth waking up at 434. It was worth praying for him. It was worth me getting up. But also, God speaking about a person who is in desperate need, that God cared enough about that person put it on their heart right before they went to bed because they stay up late to write me an email and then the Lord wakes me up before I knew I had the email. See, God wants to do that kind of thing. You may be a person of prayer who, where that really brings you life to pray in the middle of that. I'm not putting that down. Trust me. I just, you know, like to sleep more than I like to pray, I guess, you know. <laughs> but God wants to move in people's lives in your nights. And you may not even know anything that he's doing. You don't have to know. But you can know this. If you give your nights to God, okay, and reclaim them, reclaim your nights, these nights are my nights, then you can expect visitations from the Lord. You can expect dreams. You can expect visions. You can expect revelations. You can expect the Lord to move in your nights. And it will help strengthen you in your spirit man. Because some of us need to get our spirit man built up right now. Because it's, you've gotten weak in your spirit man. And you need to build that spirit man up. And that's a way to build that spirit man up is by receiving stuff from God in the night. And it's just so easy to do. And the day will come when God will release the revival and you will be like a daggone firebrand in His hand. You'll be a firebrand in His hand. You'll be a fire. You Everywhere you go, you'll bring the fire of God because it'll be all over you. It'll just happen in your life. You know, it's, it's going to be awesome. I'm telling you, it's, it's worth living for. It's worth dreaming for. It's worth, you know, the Lord coming and ministering to you at night for. You know, it's what we've been put on this earth for. I'm convinced. I'm 100% convinced this church exists for that revival. I'm totally convinced. I'm convinced that that's why I'm on the earth for the time that I'm living in, that God birthed me on the earth, gave me my past, gave me my mom and daddy, built me the way he built me for that one thing, that that was his dream for me. I'm, I'm so convinced about that that I can't hardly think about anything else. And along the way, he just threw in a bunch of other good stuff that he gave me. 
is written, the days are written, Psalm 139, your, all your days were written in his book. And that's one of the things he'll show you at night. He'll show you pages out of his book that he's written over your life. So you can say, yes, I agree with that. Did you have anything to say this time? This morning in the first service, um, after Byron gave this message, I just had this, I just had it almost like an explosion in my belly going on. And it was really for the African-American people in the room. And it was interesting, some of the African-Americans in the room, this one of the ladies told me this after I gave the word, that she woke up at 3 in the morning and the Lord told her to come to River Life. She was going somewhere else. Isn't that amazing? So I want the African-Americans to stand up in the room. I just feel like I have a word for you. That's good. Yeah, thank you, Lord. What the Lord showed me this morning. Woo, feeling it again. He showed me this, that there were mantles that were left behind by your people that were enslaved here in the United States that they walked through the, day, the nighttime seasons. And because of that, there were mantles that came on them. And that, that when they left the earth, there were mantles left behind. And that they're now available again for those who will receive them. And this is what they are. He showed me that they're mantles that you're holding the keys of revival for this nation. That's what they're for. And if you'll receive them and reach out and take them, that we cannot fully have what God has unless you take these mantles because you're holding the keys. So I just want you all to reach out to them right now that they'd receive these mantles that were left behind by their ancestors who walked through these difficult, dark days, but now they're available again to birth revival in this nation. So, Lord, we just say let these mantles fall out of heaven. Now these keys, these keys that they are holding to birth revival for America that we desperately need that we desperately need to save this nation. And could it be that those dark days had some keys in them? They were not for just naught. That God used those days for this time. That it is time, it is time for these mantles to fall that came through great distress. But now it is for you to receive and birth this nation into revival. We just say yes and amen. Yes and amen. And that now we are in such a time that we can walk in, a, in unity like we've never seen before. That there's a unity coming. There's a unity here that we can walk together in revival days ahead of us. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Wow. Wow. Woo. The cool thing that happened this morning is we had someone right behind that that stood up and said this, that they were, they were raised in the eastern part of the state. And their ancestors were plantation owners. And they repented this morning for their ancestors. And it was so good because um, Linda Jones came forward and they just embraced. And it was like this healing flow just released in the room. It was just powerful. So, amen. I just wanted to get that out again. It was really pretty awesome. So, amen. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for people as we dismiss.
Um, at 8.30 this morning, I was on my way to the first service, and I was just said, Lord, what do you, who do you want to heal this morning? And he said, insomnia. Yeah, I had no idea that Byron was going to talk about sleep. Okay, so just raise your hands right now if you really have suffered with chronic insomnia. Just keep them up. If you're nearby them, if you can put your hands on these folks right now, I believe God just wants to touch you. I didn't know about that either. In the last two nights, Joshua's been up ten times if he's up once, walking around wanting to watch TV, just doing stuff that he doesn't do in the day. And so when we came up and we're praying for healing, I didn't know about that word, but I prayed that I forgot the word insomnia, so I said slack of sleep, no sleep or whatever. And he's back there. He never sleeps in church, and he's, he's out. So, so it's working. Well, Lord, we thank you for that prophetic sign through Joshua right now. And we just call down the glory realms of heaven upon these folks that have their hands raised right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just command their biological clocks to be reset right now. In the name of Jesus, we release sleep from heaven upon them. Yeah, if you don't, put your hands on somebody. Art's in the back back there. David, can you get him? We just want to lay hands on each and every person. If you can just look around real quickly. We thank you, God, for the Sabbath rest of God the literal rest to come upon them right now. And I just declare that as these folks lay down tonight, that they would go quickly into REM sleep. Father, just visit them double in the night seasons as they sleep, Lord. I pray that there would be such a renewal that not only would their bodies be refreshed, but they would be refreshed spiritually through the revelation that you're going to give them while they sleep, God. Thank you for doing this, God. We just bless your name. And everybody agrees. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you would like to receive prayer of any kind.